Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. Hello and welcome to You Love to See It. My name is Zach Aid and I'm joined today with Kayla Brunman. Howdy. And Eric Zhu. Aloha. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? I am doing excellent. I'm really looking forward to this episode. <laughs> I, I know he has been. So today we're going to have a uh, big discussion on the movie we just saw. I think, what was it? Three days ago? Two days ago? Two days ago. Two days ago. Joker. Um, Obviously, probably the most popular, most talked about movie right now. Um, Probably the film of the year. (laughs) I'll say. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that. But to get us started, uh, we want to do a little kind of like, I guess, icebreaker slash intro question. So uh, let's see. Caleb, give me a number between one and ten. Let's go with five. Five. Okay. So we're going to go with. What was your favorite movie made ten year more than ten years ago in two thousand fourteen in two thousand five? So what was your favorite movie that came out in two thousand five? So I'll start uh, just to kick it off, uh, not to steer the ship in a different direction right away. Just, just don't just but, uh, don't pick my movie. I hope I won't good. pick your. We're I don't good. think I'm gonna pick your movie. So uh, my favorite film. I don't. I didn't see this in two thousand five. Um, I was way too young at the time. Uh, obviously five years old. Uh, but my favorite movie was a movie called V for Vendetta. Um, <laughs> it sta- sta- stars, stars Natalie Portman, and it is this movie all about this kind of fascist state where there's like this vigilante uh, known as V who is basically trying to start like this guerrilla war against uh, this oppressive uh, British government. So it's a really captivating movie and you know i i think it's really interesting uh watching this movie and i think it's due for a rewatch for me it's really interesting watching this movie how it uh plays maybe to current events today happening around the world so that's definitely my favorite movie mostly because i don't feel like there were a lot of notable movies that came out in 2005 that i'm aware of. oh i disagree you disagree Zach. well caleb go ahead you uh you go I think there are plenty of notable movies I- i'm looking through the ones i've seen from 2005 and Lots of good options. Uh, uh, a real, a real good comedy, in my opinion. Wedding Crashers came out two thousand. Wow, I forgot about that movie. That's a great movie. Uh, Christopher Nolan reignited the Batman franchise with Batman Begins in two thousand five. Best one of the trilogy. Then that's just okay. false. That's not <laughs> true. That is absolutely not true. Gosh. That'll be another uh, question. Uh, there's sometime. there's Madagascar, which. That was 2005? 2005, which is the first movie that I can recall seeing in theaters. I definitely saw it in theaters, too. That's crazy. But my favorite from 2005 is not Chicken Little, which is a <laughs> Fantastic classic. movie. Yeah, sadly, not my favorite. It's close, but I'd go with a real, uh, a real favorite in Sky High, 
Oh, Sky. I love Sky. I've never Hi. seen it. What? I've never seen this movie. And there goes Zach's credibility. <laughs> what, what I describe this Sky movie. Sky High uh, is a uh, frequent, uh, frequent choice on the Disney Channel. Um, it follows always the best a, a teenager who uh, who finds out he's a superhero whose parents are the best and baddest superheroes uh, in the world, and he's he's struggling. Uh, to to follow in their footsteps, so he goes to superhero school, sky high, uh, and and learns what it means to be a hero. And by golly, is that just a great film? Uh, I really really inspiring insane. stuff. Even now, you know, you go back, and that is definitely the best thing that you can find on the Disney Channel. And the Disney Channel has put out some quality content over the years. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, to be oh, honest. Okay, okay that's Did you not problem. watch what Wizards of Waverly Place? I didn't. I've never seen Did it. Did you not watch? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna this pass this life. I never Zach watched Cody? The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. That's literally your name. It is my name. Thanks for advertising it. All right, all right, Eric. Okay. Eric, what is what is the best movie of 2005 to you? Cache, Michael Hanukkah. Uh, I'm gonna guarantee no one has heard of that movie. I have heard of it. I have not seen it, but I, I have. Heard Eric, of it. give us a rundown of uh, um, Cache. I love Hanukkah. Um, Michael That's one Hanukkah. Of my favorite Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. I was confused. Is that a director? Yeah, Michael okay, Hanukkah. Okay. Um, check out the Piano Teacher. Quality stuff. Um, but this one stars. I'm gonna butcher his name. Daniel. Devito. Oh. 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 Tuil, O'Toole, O'Toole, Daniel O'Teal. French. He's French. <laughs> and Julia Binoche. And they're a oh, couple course, living in France. And then one day they start receiving mysterious packages at the door of people or someone, they don't know who, sending them two to three hour recordings or even longer than that of just their home. Wow. Um, Pretty cool stuff. And Sounds it's creepy. essentially about the main characters trying to figure out who it is. But it's also got some crazy, like, racial undertones to it. Like, a lot, it talks a lot about, like, the aftermath of colonialism. It's, like, of course it's Hanukkah, so it's crazy intense. It's shocking. I always thought Hanukkah was a happy time of the year. Uh, well, it didn't start out that way. <laughs> you see, the, the Jews were under a lot of... <laughs> duress uh, at that time to say the least now now it's celebrated but uh thanks caleb yeah no yeah that this has been your your jewish history <laughs> with with caleb all right all right well one more honorable mention uh by the way from 2005 i couldn't let this segment pass without uh talking about we're just saying that the wonderful title of shark boy and lava girl okay 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 i also think it's criminal that no one mentioned two Incredible original Scooby Doo movies made in two thousand five. Were those made in two thousand five? Scooby Doo, Where's My Mummy, and Aloha Scooby Doo were Cartoon Network classics. Dude, I love those movies. I I think I at one point owned every Scooby Doo DVD. No, Netflix DVD really did it for me, and Blockbuster. Yeah, Scooby Doo movies were my favorite. Definitely my favorite cartoon as a kid. All right. Yeah, Zach, you remind me a little of Shaggy. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> you know, lovable. Oh yeah, I get it. You remind me of Scooby a little. Stop it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, obviously, uh, we are two days away from, uh, well, two days past seeing Joker. Um, 
I think a movie that we all were kind of a little bit anticipating. We've heard a lot about it, good and bad, and so we were very cautious, I guess is the word going into it. Was it would that be fair? We were Yeah, sorta. Of. Uh, we were we didn't know what to expect, right? We, we I was looking forward to it. I, I was, was I was excited for it. I was excited. A film reviewer we all follow, David Ehrlich, uh, <laughs> rated it uh, a two and a half as actually his first, a two. No, well that was his first oh. viewing, right? Two and a half, and then lowered it down to a two. And and you guys know and uh, follow him a lot more than I do. Um, I'm more of a new follower. If you look but... at the letterbox like top reviews, it's not pretty. Yeah, it no, really that's, isn't. you know what's interesting about that is it. So I think it's sitting uh, currently on Letterbox, which again, if you don't know, Letterbox is what we use <laughs> to kind of rate movies, and it's very, uh, very awesome app. Uh, I guess website too that allows you to make lists, rate movies, things like that, and that's what we base all of our ratings off of. So, Zach, where can I find you on Letterbox? Well, you can find me at Letterbox uh, at Zachary Aid. Simple. Very cool, Eric. Where can I find you on Letterboxd? Erza twenty eighteen, or search up Eric Uzu. I'm the only one on the site. Very cool. What about you, Kale? Where can I find your beautiful content? Oh, you can find me at Letterbox.com. That's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. Letterboxd.com slash CB. CB? CB, that's it. How did you it. get that username? Oh, you know. All right, I don't care. Well, All right, let's move on. So Joker. <laughs> okay, so we we didn't know what to expect. Um, And right now, I guess it's sitting at like still a 4.0 on Letterboxd. Is that right, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sitting a 4.0. At a 4. And that's pretty good for Letterboxd standards. You know, usually four movies are very, very highly regarded, but... What's interesting about that movie compared to other four stars, like I've just recently watched uh, another four-star movie. Uh, I think it was a 4.2, maybe. Uh, before... Before Sunrise is a 4.3, 4. thank 3. you very I'm much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched that, and if you go through the top reviews, they're all five stars. You go through the top reviews of Joker, and you see two stars, two, one-half, one, two. Like, it's just, I don't think you see anything more than a three for a while. Actually, Karsten's um Karsten's three and a half star review is the fourth review. Is it? Okay. Well, I you know, it's definitely one of the few that are in the top. People just love to hate, don't they, Zach? I okay. Well, okay, so there's this funny thing, guys. And we've been having this little debate because it's not a debate. It it's a not debate. fair to call Caleb it a debate. Really just you deluding yourself. Caleb, <laughs> I know Caleb did not like this movie. Why, and Zach? Why do you know that? Because I just know it wasn't your type of movie. I just know it. Like based I, on based on the fact that you hate Taxi Driver. Haven't seen it. Oh really? I thought you have seen it. That's awkward. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Either way, this isn't your type of movie. There's no way I will be convinced you like this. And I know in a few minutes we're gonna hear your side of the story, what you think, and I know you're gonna hate on it. I just would like to say that I've been telling Zach since the moment we stepped out of the theater that uh I did the exact opposite of hate this movie. And he's, he's a liar. Don't I'll have you know, me. I've seen he is like, a liar. many a movie with Caleb, and this is the first time he's left the theater with some sort of emotion on his face. There's no... Okay. Well, let's get into it then. Let's um, get into it, shall we? Joker. Obviously, let's uh, talk about if that. you guys don't know, which I'm sure you do know, uh, Joker is obviously a, I guess, reboot of... It's not even really a reboot, but just a... a Standalone film of an uh, origin story. Yeah, an origin story for the classic, probably most popular Batman villain, and it's obviously the Joker. And uh, it's uh, the Joker's played by Joaquin Phoenix, and it's directed by Todd Phillips, Todd Phillips, <laughs> uh, whose notable other uh, movies are The Hangover Part Two, The Hangover Part Three, and War Dogs. Um, so not 
necessarily the most critically acclaimed set of movies, but uh, the original Hangover, I, I he didn't make the, he didn't make the original Hangover. Sure, he did. No, two and three. Uh, I'm gonna go with he directed the Hangover. He did not. He literally directed the Hangover. He did not. Yes, well, he did. No, literally he didn't. check Letterbox. Show we'll, it to we'll, me right we'll, now. We'll cut this out. We'll cut this part out. Don't worry about it. Did he? Oh, really don't direct? cut this part out because okay, this is content. Okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay, let's let's move on <laughs> to the Joker. So, <clears throat> I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Give me Give me your first impressions. I won't go first again. I want I want you just tell me what you thought. I will let Eric go first. Oh. Building up the suspense, I see. Um, I was overall, I overall enjoyed it. Um, I think I came out of the theater having, like, really enjoyed it, but having some questions, obviously, especially with some of the stuff I'd seen Todd Phillips talk about. And we talked about And especially talking about just, like, I guess just, like, I don't know, just, there were a lot of questions in my head. And I was, like, if you look at my letterbox review, I was, like, Getting really deep into it, sort of. Um, and then I think the other night I was just laying in bed. And then I think I just thought, like, who cares? Like, it's the Joker movie. Like, I had a good time. The main message sort of came through. Like, I think it's good. I'm going to go before Caleb does. Just Still because... some troubling aspects. I mean, I, I agree with you. Definitely I... not perfect in the slightest, but. I think of anyone here, I may have enjoyed it the most um, and may have given it the highest rating. Um, I won't say what I gave it yet, but I you will sure about say that I'm, I'm going to be very certain about that in a few minutes. Let me say this. I, I really enjoyed it, but that doesn't mean I think it was anywhere near a perfect movie. Um, and I, I, I had a lot of conversations with Eric, and we, we, we wanted to try to hold off these conversations until now, but we, we just couldn't because some of them were so just they were on our mind because it really warranted a lot of discussion about what does this film mean outside of its 2d like dimension like what 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 does it what does it mean and there's two ways you can take this and you can take it as is this a good joker movie and is this a good movie that can have a deeper connotation or commentary in respect to life is it a good Joker movie? I think absolutely, and we can talk about why. Is it a good movie that comments about society or life? Maybe. I don't. I don't know if the answer is clear. I, I think some parts of it ran ran clear for me. Other parts just kind of got lost in, I guess, the mix of things. But I think that's an interesting discussion. Is how do we look at this movie, and what do we really take away as a viewer? But you know, I don't want to get too deep now, but. I overall liked it. Uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix delivered a hell of a performance. Um, it might have been my second. I've only seen. Are we allowed to say that word? We are. <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed it. I think I think there were parts of it that were really well done, and other parts that I think just kind of missed its mark. All right, Caleb. I know you've been dying over there. What did you think about this movie? I loved it. I loved it. It just gave you some delicious movie chaos definitely not a perfect movie as you mentioned but i i should hope a joker movie would not be perfect uh i think getting into some spoilers here i think that's the only way we're gonna you know, oh, have yeah, a conversation about it so spoilers from here on um 
I there were definitely some issues with the script. Uh, in the I think a lot of that in the way uh, Arthur transforms into the Joker, just event by event. Uh, you know, I didn't love that. Uh, the first thing we see that sets him on his course. Obviously, before the movie starts in the timeline, he is he has a, a, a mental illness or more than a mental more than one mental illness. He he's on uh, seven medications. But the first uh, you know real inciting incident that we see is uh, these kids who come and take a sign because they were in the right place. Uh, and they just decided to take his sign and then run away with it like it's that important and then actually like beat him up badly. Yeah, I mean, assault him in the in and really ass- assault him. Did, uh, why did why? I mean, they're people, kids, man. You, they're, you've never assaulted a random man on no, a I, random I, I have on not, the street. I've not gone up to a man on a public street and taken his property and tried to escape it, and then when he caught up. Uh, brutally assaulted him. I've never done that. So that I didn't like how that was the first thing we saw, and then that goes into you know his talk with his boss, where his boss is mad at him for like you know stealing the sign, which he obviously didn't do. And you know uh, Arthur tries to say, oh oh, I, I didn't steal it. The boss won't have it. He's like, why would I steal it? But the boss won't have it. But in the in the previous scene, in the in the middle scene, you see like literally the the huge bruise on his back, which, you know, he could show his boss and like this, this just happened. These are these kids. And the fact that his boss didn't believe him, I, I don't know why that didn't happen, which, and then that leads to, to the gun, him, him purchasing the gun, which, which I saw, I don't know if you not guys, even purchasing he, didn't it. Didn't the guy just give it to yeah, him? Yeah, he just well, handed I, it to I him. I actually saw that as, uh, remember when he gets, like, sa- there was sabotage. Well, he gets talked to by the, the the police and they say uh randall said that you purchase a gun that i thought that that could possibly be uh that what had actually happened and then arthur Mm -hmm. had played it to himself as uh he 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 had given it to him that's an interesting point actually and we're going to talk about that after because i have a lot to say about that so yeah i I didn't and so how everything happened and then you know the guys on the subway just you know happened to be there is a lot of there's a lot of like formula formulaic Mm -hmm. like Things that keep repeatedly happening, but seem to happen because of chance. Yes, because of yeah, it, like the Murray Franklin finding his video. Right, a lot of the things you know in many of these character dramas, there's a sense of inevitability that I think is very powerful that doesn't really exist here. You know, another thing, uh, these these uh, the the triple murder that he commits on the subway that is front literally front page news like literally on the front page of the newspaper for days maybe weeks after and i in you know in a city like gotham i, I don't know if that in in any city i don't know if that is the case so there's like some little things some disbelief that you have to there's some amount of belief you have to suspend right yes but you know outside of that uh I loved how the movie just went for it. I loved uh, how it was pure chaos. You take, uh, you know, Arthur smothering his mother with a pillow. You're like, okay, that's that's serious. Then you have the incredibly brutal murder 
of Randall when oh he's just yeah. in the white oh face paint and looking terrifying. Like, okay, this is like for real. But even then, you still have some room to to shy away. But if you pop a newscaster or, or a talk show host on live TV, there's no going back from that. And they just went for it, which was a, a surprise. I didn't think they would. And the result of that was just awesome. The final uh, scene in the streets was one of the most powerful I can remember seeing. And I think it really leaves you with the feeling that at least in this world that they've created in the film, everyone gets what they deserve. And for a Joker movie to give you a feeling of justice, despite the horrible things that the Joker does, means they did they did something right. And that you the fact that I, at least personally, felt walking out of the theater like there was some justice there uh, that you know, maybe maybe things do work out despite all the horrible, horrible things that I can recognize that he did. Just it it, it somehow left me with a comforting, comfortable feeling uh, of just excitement and looking forward to to the day where things just turn out right because of this fictional world where something horrible where many horrible things happen. I, the fact that they pulled that off, great movie. I am without <laughs> words. I I guess I can't help. I, maybe, I guess I have to believe you. I mean. What do you mean? I, I would. I, I would believe me. I just, I didn't think you would like this movie. I, I really think you, I just didn't think you would. I, I want to talk about why I think this movie works beyond just a Joker movie. And I want to go into a couple scenes after, but I think overall, the thing that I got away from it was all those horrible things happen and you feel a little uncomfortable every time. You're, you're sitting there watching it and you're like, wow, that, that, that just happened. Like, damn. Like, and then it gets worse and worse. And as the movie goes on, right, you start by feeling maybe even a little sympathy or a lot of sympathy Definitely. for this character. Like, think of that scene where he writes in his like book, like, the worst part of having a mental illness is everyone is, like expects you to act like you don't. Like, yeah, you definitely like, feel sympathy for him. In the first 30 minutes of that film, you just see this guy who's dealing with this issue just get thrown to the wall by society. I mean, you 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 see a guy who gets beat up by those those teenagers. He gets, you know, humiliated at work constantly. He gets, you know, he, he's trying to make that kid laugh in that one scene and the 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 woman's just not having it. There there's a lot of stuff where you think, all right, maybe this guy's a little weird, but he's not a terrible guy. That's before, let me say, before everything else happens. I am no way saying this guy was a good guy. But what I'm saying is what the movie does well is it goes in with you feeling, wait a minute, why do I feel sympathy for the guy who I know is going to become one of the most notable villains in all of, you know, superhero history? Well, that's where things start to get interesting because as the film goes on, you start to get really uncomfortable. And I think 
discomfort is the most, if not one of the most underrated tools that a movie can use to elicit some kind of response. And what I mean by that is the feeling that you get watching this guy go insane, commit these murders that get more and more brutal as the movie goes on to a point where you just can't defend him anymore. And you're just watching with this discomfort all over you. That that says something. I, I, I And Eric and I had a conversation about this. I think we might disagree a little bit on what it says, but I, I think it says a lot about people. People who watch this movie and get uncomfortable are doing it right. That, that's what you're supposed to get. You're supposed to feel like, wow, this movie is making me feel very, very uncomfortable right now because this stuff should not ever happen. This, this isn't how society is supposed to be. This isn't how I would want things to be. And so I think the movie, whether or not it knows it's doing this, kind of lets the viewer feel discomfort and think about what this movie could mean on a deeper level. I don't know if I agree with it's trying to make you feel discomfort. I think I personally definitely came out of the theater feeling like excited. I think I think the film makes a clear effort of pushing different sides to the issue. Like there's a very clear divide between the clowns who are riding in the streets and Thomas Wayne who's on the TV. Um That's true. It makes clear efforts for you to sympathize and empathize with Joaquin Phoenix's characters, even as he does terrible things, like even after he like kills the subway people, you still sort of feel for him when he goes to his like when he meets like Thomas Wayne and he says he just wants a hug. Um, so, and I think it feels like, especially with the way how everything seems to happen by chance, it seems like it's supposed to make you mad more than discomfort. I I I don't agree. I I, I think. What I what I told you was that there is this beautiful thing that happens, to me at least, and that is this idea of tension. You have two sides of a coin, right? You have the sympathetic side that you go in with, that you kind of feel, which you didn't think you would in the first 20, 30 minutes of the film. And then you have the, you know, revulsion. You have this kind of discomfort. And the tension between the two that you have and the relationship between them get more and more tense as the film goes on and you can't decide, wow, wait, why do I feel sympathy for this guy? And why am I also feeling like this guy's awful at the same time? Like that, that, that tension makes you think. You know, the thing is, I maybe would have thought that if any of his murders weren't completely like in a way in the rules of that world, completely justified by the fact that everything he killed had done something to him. And he never did something out of the pure like like wanting to kill or like wanting to like be evil. There's nothing that like I mean I I just... and and in the sense that when if if it were like and in the sense that he tries to separate himself from like any other like like the know, other I... the other clowns like he yeah. tra- he says that he's not doing this for politics right and he says he has no ideology like but like I don't know I feel like I would have more conflict. If he had actually done something, if in the rules of like that world of what other people had done to him was actually like actually evil. I think it's they want you to feel somewhere in between uh, discomfort and anger. Probably more just conflicted uh, because like Eric said, 
most of his actions are vengeful, which doesn't you know make it okay. F- or, or yeah, or really to, like, not to to kill really, but... to kill someone on to kill three guys on the subway, or to suffocate your mother or kill a and someone on on well, live TV. What's interesting is they each get less justified, right? The first three, you're like, okay, well, this guy was getting assaulted for no reason, so maybe he's a little justified. And then it's he suffocates his mother, and you're like, well, she did lie to him and abuse him for years. And then you get to the guy who like lied to the police about selling the gun and stuff, and you're like, well, this guy was, you know, a jerk anyways. But then you get to the last guy, the TV show host, and you're like, well, all this guy really did was make fun of him, and if we're saying that that's okay to murder someone for making fun of someone, then where's our boundaries? I think that's that's where the, the, the inner conflict comes in, because despite being able to realize that, you know, each murder becomes arguably less justified, you're rooting for him more and more by the end of it. Why? Because you found yourself rooting for him a little bit towards the oh, end. Oh, absolutely. Because because you j- you grow attached to him, and he doesn't. Again, he you know he he stays away. He makes a clear statement like, "Oh, my my makeup is not political. I don't have an ideology." But in the end, the last thing he says before. He kills Murray Franklin, who is the the host, played by Robert De Niro. The last thing he says is, you get what you deserve. And that is also what is said to Bruce Wayne right before he is killed by, you know. Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Excuse me. Thomas Wayne. Uh, There was some interesting parallel right there. By, by, you know, the, the random clown. As they go watch Brian De Palma's blowout masterpiece. I, I have a question. Do you think it was purposeful to have on one side... You have, you know, uh, what's his last name? Arthur uh, Fleck. Arthur Fleck, you know, the guy who becomes the Joker. You have him dealing with all these things that happened to him and, uh, you know, kind of going on this revenge tour of murder, um, which, you know, isn't, you know, there's different ways to look at it. But then on the flip side of that, you also have, at the same time, the, the these increasing protests around the city. You have You have this idea of one man kind of getting his own revenge on these people that did him wrong. And then you have at the same time, because it's very much all around the movie, this class struggle, right? Which is interesting because you have Thomas Wayne, who unlike other Thomas Waynes in previous movies or comics is not, you know, he's very like, I mean, he's, he's rude. He's, a jerk. he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's just a rich snob. And like everyone who's wealthy in that movie seems just like a snob. And then you have the people who are, you know, putting on these Joker masks who are just supposed to be the low-class, middle-class workers. So do you think this movie is trying to make any statement about class struggle, or do you think it's just, it was just used in the back? Like, what do you, why? Why Why is that included? I think it's just in extrapolation or expansion on Arthur's state. It's just taking who Arthur is and then magnifying the issue to the whole city. It's taking the the people who don't have a lot of money, uh, aren't very successful, uh, who struggle in their day-to-day lives. That's who Arthur is. It's it's taking him and then just making everyone like him but suffer there's, But like there's also him. a clean barrier when you say, Eric, is there a, isn't there a clean barrier between the protesters and Arthur? Because they're not they're not mixed, right? They're, they're they're not the same. There's differences. Do you do you do you think there are? Do you disagree with that? What do you uh, what do you think? 
I think that's Todd Phillips' like shoddy sort of way of trying to separate the Joker from the clown crowds. And I don't necessarily know if it works as advantage because it makes it sort of confusing, but... And I do generally agree with Caleb. And I think there's one scene that makes me a little annoyed of that, though. It's after he kills Randall and he, like, intentionally scares the, the like, small person as he's trying to walk out of the room. Also, that small person is quite literally cast in this movie for two laugh gags about his height. Yeah, there were yeah. some interesting moments. Like, that's, like... That really rubbed me the wrong. Like that was like, there's definitely that's some. Not great. There's definitely some obvious like humor in this dark movie. You know, there's some dark humor in it, which is you know because I mean there that's was, not even humor. You know that's just like not okay. I noticed how many people were laughing in the film at things I wouldn't have normally laughed about. I don't remember any scene in particular, but there were some moments where I was like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable, and people were like laughing at it. And I was that's because like, the people in front of us were like wasted. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were so fair. drunk. That might be fair too. Okay, what do you what do you think then? Let's let's say this then first. I'm gonna ask you real quick before we get into you know analyzing this movie down to its core. Let's talk about little components. Joaquin Phoenix, good job, bad job, okay job. What do you think? If you had a, had a rate him like a letterbox movie, you know, zero to five. I don't know if I want to rate him. But... Okay, well, what do, what do you think then? I I mean, what good performance, great to performance. quote to quote a letterbox review. Joaquin Phoenix was great. Water is wet. <laughs> I mean, that is fair. I mean, um, that but, is very fair. Yeah, I do think he's good, especially his, like, laugh. It, it was, I really like his laugh. I, I, I think it was... And that first stare when his boss, like, accuses him. Like, that's terrifying. Sometimes I felt the strongest moments in the movie were when he was by himself. I felt like the, the, the moment when he was in that bathroom dancing after that murder mm -hmm. was such an uncomfortable moment and you're watching him and you're like oh my god like but walking phoenix just pulls it off i think he was he was great and like eric mentioned I, I don't think anybody expected otherwise but i found myself thinking about his performance a lot and i found it growing on me uh the past couple days you know not only did he you know lose all this weight for the role and not only was his physical performance the the, including including the dancing, uh, spectacular. You can tell that he he spent a lot of time and effort uh, perfecting the Joker's movement. Oh, absolutely. You can only appreciate. But it's again, it's back to uh, back to the the Murray Franklin show. That last scene uh, before he or where he kills Murray. That might be the best. He's, scene, yeah, he's That's an incredible he, he scene. He just hurts the whole way through and i don't know how, how you don't feel something for him there also when he gets up on the taxi and and raises or perhaps a police car uh, and raises raises his arms to the crowd of jokers when he when he puts that final smile on his face he feels like he feels right, the, the, right like there he feels that, loved yeah almost yeah it, it, in both those scenes his eyes are are red with you know the tears on the verge but it's it's so different somehow it it goes from true pain to true love like you said almost liberation uh destiny it feels like he's achieved a purpose and in both scenes he's kind of smiling with his eyes red but he, he manages to separate those uh two very different uh feelings which is just so so impressive also, just the difference between 
those parallel shots of him inside the car, like in that first shot, well, I think he's on a bus and he's like sort of staring out the window. Um, and then he's the police dejected, car, right? he feels unloved. But when he's in the police car, like he's noticed, he's loved. Like it's, he, there's such similar moments, but they're so different. And, and you know, you just talked about, you know, being noticed. And, that, and this is, uh, and that was inevitably going to come up because I think it comes up in a lot of people's reviews and uh, discussions about this movie. Does this movie, and, I, and I'll give my opinion too, does this movie elicit bad ideas? Do you, do you think this movie encourages violence? Do you think this movie says, if you want to get noticed, here's what to do? Or do you think this is more of a way saying, what, what, what do you think? What, what do you think this is really saying? Or do you think it's kind of too gray? I don't think it's... I think where people struggle is because Todd Phillips very clearly wants you to think that it says something, but it's more of just a depiction. And that's, I think, where I have a lot of... where most of my issues are. But if you just what? look at it for what I think it is, and it's just like a depiction of maybe where the world like could be or where like maybe... like in some ways it already is at, like, I think it works. Well, you know, and that's what I, in some ways I thought maybe this is, and I, maybe I was looking too far into it, but I thought maybe this is Todd Phillips' way, and I don't know how much credit I should give him, but is this film saying this is what happens when we only care about ourselves? This is this is what happens. This is where our world is heading to, you know. You know, the fact that we will, you know, insult each other on TV, the fact that we will just, disregard each other you know there's a huge section that it's definitely emphasized is the idea of of uh, medication and mental health and the the idea remember the scene where they're like you know the city stopped funding you know it's 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 over and you're thinking ah you know interesting and is is this movie saying oh if you know see if we stop caring about each other as a society we stop providing these you know necessities you know mental health support things like that is this where we're going to end up i don't know if that's the right interpretation and i it might be a little insulting for people that do suffer from mental health. I mean, what, what do you think, Caleb? Do you think, what do you, how does how does this feel? Because I've heard some people say that this movie insults people with mental health, and I've heard others say it doesn't. What what do you think? I know that's probably a big chunk of you know. Stuff I think that lies, but... that's a pretty wide uh, net to cast. Uh, I, I I mean, just if only because you can't take Arthur Fleck and make him a poster for mental health. You know, there's so people with mental illness, you know, have are exist on such a spectrum and this person that Arthur is cannot begin to uh be a symbol for all of them. Uh is it offensive to people with mental health issues? Uh I didn't come away feeling that. I don't think. I definitely don't think it, it. It was a deliberate. If people did come away from the movie feeling that, I don't think that was Todd Phillips' intention. I don't think that was deliberate. Uh, I think that's just the way he chose to portray the character, uh, and and just start him with a baseline of you know this is who he is at the beginning of the movie. Yes, he does suffer from mental illness and because of the things that happened to him he's going to get worse but i don't think it's saying that uh people people with mental illness are 
you know, violent or crazy. It's just, you know, this is who Arthur is. And then a whole lot of bad things happen to him to, and then he has, he has a, a violent reaction to those things. But, uh, overall, I don't think I personally, I don't think there is a huge message here. Um, I think it was just meant to elicit the feeling that you get when you see, uh, when you see Arthur Fleck turned into Joker, standing on the police car, raising his arms to a crowd of people ready to follow him and feeling, if only for a second, if only in this fake world, that justice can exist just for that brief moment. And I think that that's a, that's a great feeling that, I, you know, took two hours to get to. It took a whole lot of, uh, blood and guts and tears, but it got there, which which is why I liked it so much. I actually wanted to ask Eric. You said earlier that you thought the main message came through, and, and I was wondering uh, what you thought that was and, and how it came across. By main message, I just meant those feelings of excitement, but also of like the broad injustice. I don't know if it's necessarily a message because it's definitely something that's in the popular like in the like it's in the minds of everyone around us already i don't necessarily know if it goes any deeper than that but it certainly makes you feel angry sort of on behalf of him which sort of goes into how you feel at the end when you feel like there's justice that's been served like if you hadn't felt the injustice beforehand you wouldn't feel as much of the justice um and no, I don't think the movie glorifies violence. And I think part of that, as much as Todd Phillips might seem like from his like statements, like he wants to like make the Joker more than a movie, like a, a comic book movie, that sort of comes into play here. Like we aren't supposed to think that this is what you're really supposed to do or how like you're supposed to react because it's in this fictional... like as much as realistic as it tries to look, it's still like a Joker movie. That, 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 that's true. And I think, um, I think, is it a good Joker movie? Absolutely. Should we look at it as more? I don't know. Maybe there, maybe you can, maybe, maybe there is some worthwhile things to look at and analyze. Maybe, maybe you can get a message out of it. I don't know. I think if you look at it two dimensionally, it's a good movie. And you, the feelings you feel, I some of them I haven't felt in a movie before. I, I don't think I've felt my stomach churn and be very uncomfortable during certain scenes before. And maybe the idea is I can take those feelings and think about myself, my own morality, my own decisions. Maybe it's just what each person feels going into it, how much they will look into it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the negative reviews have been, oh, uh... I don't know what the message is or the message is unclear or the message is bad. I don't think it has to have a message. I, a movie doesn't have to have a message. It's, it's really just, uh, I think for personally, when I watch a movie, what I take away most is the feeling that I experience uh, by the end of the film, throughout the film and by the end of it. And here I think that's, especially the case when there's a message and there's something that you can go home with and, and hold on to and think about and perhaps even act on. That's also great. Uh, but here it, it doesn't need that. It's, it's, 
I think, in a sense, the more that I think about it, just a kind of twisted underdog story. And are there really messages at the end of underdog story besides, you know, the little guy can win? Uh, usually not. Usually that's just what you go and you watch the unlikely hero, or in this case, perhaps the unlikely villain, win. And it's executed well enough that it is exciting and it is a joy to watch. So I want to talk about one last thing then, right before we kind of wrap up, because I know we want to talk about some anticipated movies. Um, and I kind of want to put this out to you guys, is there are very, very noticeable comparisons to other popular movies um, that have been made in the past. The one that I like to think about, obviously Taxi Driver is the one every, that comes to everyone's mind. Um, there also was, King of Comedy, like yes, literally about a guy who idolizes the late plant talk show host. Um, I haven't seen uh, either of them. But one movie I have seen that had an interesting scene in the middle of the movie um, was a movie called Movie Fight Club. You guys, you guys know Fight Club. Everyone has seen Fight Club for the most part. Have you seen Fight Club, Caleb? Sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know. Um, well, obviously, uh, you know, without spoiling things, Fight Club is a movie where you. There's a fight club. Well, <laughs> you you think you're kind of dealing with a narrator who doesn't even know themselves what's, what's going on. And there's this interesting scene in Joker, which I'm kind of intrigued to ask what you guys think about it and how it works with the movie. What do you think it has a purpose? And that is the whole kind of girlfriend but not actually girlfriend scene. And that is, just to explain it, um, there's this uh, girl who's living down the hall, and she is you, – you meet her in the elevator uh, when she's with her child at the very beginning of the movie. And Arthur begins to take uh, a liking towards her. And there's a few moments throughout the movie where you then see her very suddenly just with Arthur kind of in a – it looks like in a romantic way. I mean there's a scene where it's implied they, they have sex. I mean they, he walks in and starts like making out with her and everything like that. You know, there's the hospital scene where she's there with him. And you were like, wait a minute, where did this come from? And, you know, it's obviously not as well done as Fight Club. But then you learn, wait, this whole relationship was made up because she actually has never spoken to him before. And he was imagining all this stuff. It seems a little thrown in, but I'm just kind of curious. What do you guys think about it? Was it good? Was it bad? Did it serve a purpose? Yeah, I was very relieved when they uh, showed the revelation that he he had made up this relationship because it really I, I felt it, it had it had it not been made up, it just would have been horribly, horribly contrived and unnatural, and just wouldn't have made sense. I mean, there's literally, uh, at least in his mind, a scene where. She knocks on his door. He answers. She says, were, were you following me today? And he's like, yeah. And then uh, uh, like a minute later, he invites her to one of his stand-up shows. And she, she's like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I, so I'm glad that was not real. Uh, it was execute the, you know, the, the bait and well, whatever you bait call it. Bait and switch, yeah. Bait and switch, that's what it is. Uh, it, that was executed well enough. Um, it Was it a huge deal no but i think it, it contributed to arthur's character and let you understand more uh how his mind worked and in that sense i appreciate it i but guess i went to it like i just always assumed he'd made her up like the moment she appeared once she, she was like 
once she like randomly like knocked on his door, like I was like, or like when she was laughing with everyone else at the comedy club, I was like, oh, like that she's she just made up like, um, so yeah, I guess it does make me feel a little bit more for him. I think it's comparing it with comparing this film to Fight Club in general is such a strange comparison because Fight Club has a very clear message to it. If you know what I mean, it's like, sure, it's about the action, like it's sort of about the emotion, but there's very clear, very concrete, like spaced in like throughout the entire film of what like different things it's trying, different like social issues it's trying to like act like actually discuss rather than like sort of like depict on the sidelines. Not saying that one is like necessarily better than the other, but they're just from the outset, from the goal, I think, very different films. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. And the reason I brought it up is because I thought there was an interesting, and I had an interesting theory, just about the unreliability of the narrator. Because you see it a lot in novels, and you see it a lot in movies sometimes, where you your, your kind of depiction of a movie sometimes is based on how the character sees it and not from, like, a third-person point of view. And I thought that made the in film kind of better. Because you were going through it, and at least at the end, I kept thinking, wait a minute how much of the things that happened to Arthur were really as accurate as he saw them? Was it maybe perhaps that he just perceived them as being a lot more targeted towards him than they were? I, I, maybe maybe that's a stretch, right? Maybe I'm kind of like dragging that over the film too much. But I think it's a very interesting idea that maybe this character, who you already distrust because of the name, you know, being the Joker, you think, how much can I believe? But what do you think, Caleb? But do you think there's that's overlooking things? Do you think there maybe I'm just kind of? I mean, I I personally liked uh, the unreliability. Uh, to bring it back to uh, Taxi Driver, a movie like Taxi Driver, which has been getting a lot of comparisons to. I, I watched this uh, this interview with Joaquin Phoenix, and uh, the interviewer brought up the the comparison to Taxi Driver. And he said, do you, do you think these movies are similar? And he he wouldn't really answer on the content uh, of the movie. But what he did say is he thought is they might be similar in that uh, you don't... Travis Bickle uh, is the main character in Taxi Driver, is that you don't completely know what's going on inside his head. Uh, and because of that, you don't completely understand his motivation for everything he does. And I think it's it's similar with the Joker. And what uh, Phoenix goes on to say is that uh, in in more modern character studies, in most movies that come out now, there's such an emphasis on motivation. Why uh, every character does every little thing they do, and everything is totally spelled out for you. But Phoenix says, like Taxi Driver with Joker, you you can't. You, you don't have full access to his head. You don't have a completely reliable uh, knowledge of what is happening. So you don't completely understand his motivation. And that's okay. And that can give the movie more depth. And that can give the viewer uh, more to think about and more to consider and leave them uh, contemplating the movie longer, which is not something that you you get so much these days. All right. Well, we've been talking about Joker for a while, so I guess let's just go down the line. Um, starting, uh, I guess I'll start, and we'll just final thoughts and our rating. 
what we gave it on Letterboxd. Um, obviously, it's personal to ourselves. Um, and if you have not decided yet, then that's perfectly okay. I have decided. You have. Okay. Well, so I will. It's going to be. I um, will start. I think it was a great movie. Uh, I think as a Joker movie, it hit all the right marks. I think. You know, you can look at this movie a little bit too much, and then it starts to maybe fall apart a little bit. But I think the magic is more in just the journey along the way and the feelings you get along the way. I think it really does make you think, wow, that this just happened. And I'm sitting here as a viewer watching this all happen before me. Uh, I think that this comfort you get from it, at least that I got from it, uh, made the movie have a kind of deeper impact than I thought it would. And Joaquin's, Joaquin Phoenix's um, performance just um, blew me away. Um, and he's going to get comparisons to Heath Ledger. And obviously they're very different, but, uh, you know, I think Heath Ledger would be proud. So um, I I give it a four-star rating. Very entertained. Um, very exhilarated after watching it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um I don't necessarily think it stuck with me emotionally that much. There was a lot to think about that I think I guess I was the person in the group that sort of like overthought it maybe a bit and started unraveling it. Um and there were just a couple scenes that 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 like those those small person gags really rubbed me the wrong way. That that was something that came out really bothering me. But um yeah. Good movie. Like, I would watch it again. Three and a half out of five. I'll be honest. No, Zach, I didn't hate this movie. <laughs> wow. I danced out of the theater. I laughed out of the theater. I, I, I'm not say laughed. I was smiling out of the theater. He laughed out of the theater. It was, it was mostly a big smile and some dancing, which I haven't done. I haven't exited a theater that way since, as I can remember, La La Land. I loved La La Land. Again, Joker just, I believe, is about the feeling that it leaves you with. And that feeling was strong. And that feeling has persisted now for a couple days. And I don't think you can ask very much more out of a movie. I usually don't... I'm usually not very generous with superhero ratings. Out of the entire MCU, only one movie has reached four stars, Iron Man. Uh, otherwise, I, I think Nolan, you know, the Nolan Batman franchise is more of an exception to the rule, although only Dark Knight I gave four stars. The other two, three and a half, or excuse me, Batman Begins, three and a half, Dark Knight Rises, three. I think the real, real exception is is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, but maybe that's because Spider-Man is also my favorite superhero, and I watched them when I was, or at least I watched the first one when I was young, and really, and that really inspired me. So I gave Spider-Man one four and a half stars. That was my that's my favorite superhero movie. Spider-Man two, uh, four stars. Spider-Man three, three stars. Where does the Joker fall into all this? I give the Joker four stars out of five. Wow. I was not expecting that. You know, Caleb, I have to apologize to you. Oh. We've been telling you this nonstop for literally I, two days straight. You've been so mad. Out. I 
I really thought you didn't like this movie. And I'm sorry you thought that. I don't know why. I guess I... Me neither, Zach. I also don't know why. <laughs> I just, You've literally seen a total of two other movies with him. <laughs> I just, and you, you were so I convinced. I just did not... I didn't feel it. But you know what? You were right and I was wrong. And... Um, we recording this? Uh, we are recording this. So, I, um, so, so... I, f- no, wait, I know... No, for, for, for unrelated purposes. I know what the punishment four, will four be. Four stars. I know what the punishment will be tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on. We got a little bit of time left. Um, we wanted to talk about our most anticipated films for the rest of 2019 and maybe early 2020. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. I mean, I will. We'll start with Caleb. Um, we'll start with Eric actually, because I know Eric has one prepped. Um, I actually have more than one. More prepped. than one. Okay. Um, you know, there's some that we will definitely throw out, but I, so let's focus on like the big ones. What do you? What okay. are you really excited for? In the next, you know, six months-ish. Big three for me right now. Big four. There's really a big four. Um, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out looks incredibly Very fun. Very excited to see that. Um, uh, it looks like... What what movie were we just talking about? I've never seen Clue. I've never seen Clue either, but it's like a whodunit. I saw... Um, what is it? The Murder on the Orient Express. Not that great of a film. I'm hope... I, I'm very hopeful it'll be better. You know, I've I'm not a big Ryan Johnson fan. Don't like Brick. Don't like The Last Jedi. I mean, I like his Breaking Bad stuff, but you see Looper. No, unfortunately, Looper was not. solid. Looper was was very good. It was a solid movie. I think it's like a three, three and a half for me. Brick is just like annoying. <laughs> Every single character in that movie is so annoying. Um, so, are you anticipating good things for Knives Out though? I've heard good things. You heard good things. I've heard good things. When, is um, it, when does it come out? Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, we're seeing um, this together, right? Right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're going to try to see this. The, so there's that. Um, the Lighthouse. Very um, excited to Robert see Eggers, that Robert Eggers, Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. Um, and then my three probably, not smaller. Two of them are probably smaller, but the other big one is um, Uncut Gems. Also very hype. We saw love, the trailer for that. Yeah, we did. And... Adam Sandler, man. I haven't seen uh, Punch Drunk Love, but you've told me it's really good. Yeah. And I yes. I am very interested to see Uncut Gems. It seems... We need to watch Good Time before this because Good Time is great. Good Time is great. And I'll say just from the trailer, it looks like uh, Adam Sandler has a good shot at a at least a nomination for Best Actor. You say that, but when, when is it got snubbed when last did this, year. When did this come out? Or when does it come out? December. That's right in time, then. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, thought this was much later. Wow, this is in December. Yeah. The oh, other two? When? What date in September? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I think we'll still be here. I don't know. Maybe. All right, continue. What, um, what other? other two, I might just gloss over them, but they're two of my biggest hyped ones. I guess Uncut Gems is probably higher up than this next one, but um, A Hidden Life, the new Terrence Malick. I've heard it's a return to form after the, like, god-awful three movies he's made this decade after The Tree of Life. Um, the last one, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, I've heard nothing but, like, incredible things about this film. Like, everyone is raving about it. Um, got a ton of buzz out of can. It just looks really good. Are you telling me you're not excited for the new Terminator movie? I'll be back. 
<laughs> yeah, we saw that trailer for that yes or two days ago and they just I've never seen one like you before. They need to stop making Terminator movies. But they make so much money, Zach. Yeah, I know they do. But they'll never be as good as the second one. Second one is the best. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. All right, Caleb. What about you? I got any other notable anticipated films that you want to talk about? I sure do. In just a couple days. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say this, so go ahead. We'll be treated to El Camino. I think that'll be our next review. The reason is because I think, you know, as much as it is maybe a little bit of a tangent, we can talk about Breaking Bad. So I think we'll focus on El Camino, but I think that'll be our next one. I'm very excited for this. When I first heard rumors of a possible Breaking Bad movie many, many years ago, uh, I was wary. I, I, I was not excited. I, I thought there was a better chance they'd screw it up than maintain the quality. Then I went back and rewatched the show, rewatched some behind-the-scenes clips, and let me tell you, Breaking Bad is not uh, an example of necessarily movie magic or TV magic. Everything in that show is so meticulously planned and constructed and executed that at this point I have entire faith in Vince Gilligan, Aaron Paul, all the rest to, to execute and deliver an awesome movie. Very much looking forward to El Camino, Breaking Bad story. I am very excited this week. The entire Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul cast has been like hyping up this up this movie. They're like, oh, we just went to the premiere. Like, it was amazing. And like, I know it's them, but I, I'm still so excited. I, I'm very excited <laughs> as well. I cannot. I'm I'm just so excited. Um, there was a couple that I am. They're, they're kind of far off. You know, notable movies coming out. I'm just gonna name some. Um, coming out in the next, you know, maybe six ish months. Um, obviously we're gonna have more Marvel films coming out. I, I'm. Not as excited as I'm, as I used to be. Um, I feel like those are still like a year out. I feel like it's like far away. No, there's one coming out in um, the spring. Is it the Black Mid- Widow? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it is. I think that's the next one. Um, Nineteen Seventeen is a notable movie coming out very soon. Um, it's supposed to be filmed all in um, what is it called? One take. Like it, oh, or like the, it's it's the illusion. I yeah, think. yeah, just like uh, just it's like Birdman. Gonna... You know, and I know yeah. Caleb really likes that movie. Um, there is uh. The Birds of Prey movie, um, obviously the Excellent. Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> um, they are remaking, obviously, Suicide Squad. That's not for a long time, though, um, which I'm not hyped to see at all. Um, there is, obviously, other movies. There's an interesting movie coming out. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. There's the movie 21 Bridges um, with... Uh, What's his name? It's made by the same people who made. Um, it's Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, right? yeah, Chadwick it's the Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. It's the detective um, movie, the NYPD. Made by the Avengers guys. Um, who's it made by? I, I'm not. I'm blanking. Directed oh, no. by Brian Kirk. Yeah, but it's made by the same guys who made. No, Infinity. that's a different. That's a it's different movie. Uh, pr- produced by the Russo brothers. That's what it is. Oh, okay, okay, it's produced. Um, I'm kind of intrigued at that movie. Um, there's obviously another James Bond movie coming out next I'm year. I'm excited for that. Um. There's another Jumanji movie. The first, the remake was great. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> it's sure more. It's better than great. It, it <laughs> it's was, a, it's it was a modern pretty, masterpiece. Pretty um, far distance. I mean, not far distance. Um, obviously, in a less than a year, we have a Christopher Nolan movie coming out. Um, Very nice. That is a uh, tenant. There's not much out, obviously, yet. It's uh, what is it supposed to be about? In- it's a spy movie. Spy movie. With, I'm like, obviously 
the three of us are very big Christopher Nolan fans. Um, yes. Some movies we love more than others, but, you know, obviously good. Uh, you got the Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out starring Jim Carrey. I'm sure we're going to be the first viewers at that film. His finest performance. Finest upcoming. performance. Um, there is obviously talks. I mean, apparently, eventually, Avatar movie. <laughs> Not excited at all. <laughs> I think there are about five Avatar <laughs> there's that, there's, They're the literally deck. making three of them at once or something like that. Yeah, right. Um, there's also, Come I on, know. Come on, next year? There's, next year's a big year. Have you, you, you haven't seen, um, well, it, okay, so it was called Edge of Tomorrow, but it was renamed to Live, Die, Repeat. Which was weird. I've never heard of a movie that was renamed after it was released. It was. It's the one where Tom Cruise. It was. Like comes back to it's life. It's called Edge of Tomorrow. But the, when they sold the DVDs, like the box, they sets, renamed it Live Die Repeat. Are you sure that's not just the the tagline? No, 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 no. They definitely. Was, no, I know for a fact. It was a tagline, but for some reason they renamed it because you know why? The new movie is called Live Die Repeat and Repeat. So they wanted to have that wordplay. So I, I, I promise you, they they ended up changing it because they. They, which was weird. It was after, um, after it was already released. Uh, other notable movies coming out. I don't know what. what Zach, Zach, Zach. There's what? literally a Damien Chazelle movie coming out next year with Brad Pitt and Emma Stone. <laughs> Wait, what is it? I was gonna mention that. It's an. It's like a. It's a yes. 1920s musical. Since when is this? I've not heard about movie this. Of, movie of the decade. For the 2020, if you're it's planning on making a movie in the 2020s, do you think it's gonna? Don't <laughs> just give up now. Do you think That's it's all. gonna be good? Do you think it? Can, do you think it can? No, live Zach. Up to I don't think it's. <laughs> There's not a single bad Damien Chazelle movie out there. Is that true? It is true. Um, what else? Wong Kar Wai has a new movie coming out next year. Blossoms. Um, the Wes Anderson, The French Dispatch is coming out. Um, you know what I just saw is I haven't heard about about this movie. Um, but there's a new um, uh, Charlie Kaufman movie coming out. Oh yeah, it's the, that, I'm oh, thinking oh. of ending things. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Very excited for that. That that in Babylon, and I guess Tenant. I mean, but those are those are those far, are probably my three favorite yeah. filmmakers right there. Those so. are also in, but gonna be just some time. so so exciting. There's also another movie that, uh, yeah, the Wes Anderson that um, was you you showed me was the French Dispatch, um, that has a stacked cast, right? Owen Wilson, uh, who else is in it? Uh, it's literally the Bill entire. Murray. It's it's it's. It's what you'd expect from a Wes Anderson movie. It's the Wes Anderson cast. Fair enough. I'm very glad that at the end of this episode, you mentioned a stacked cast and then let off with Owen Wilson. That, that makes my heart <laughs> hey, feel. Hey, not, not, not to disagree. Not to, I know, actor. not to disagree at all. I'm just, I'm just happy it happened. Um, there's a, another Kingsman movie coming out. Um, very brilliantly titled. The last, star, <laughs> <laughs> the last Star Wars yeah. for this new trilogy. You think they're going to make more? Yes, yes. I, I mean, they literally gave it already to the Game of Thrones creators. Yeah, that's like, fair. <laughs> well, can we really trust the Game of Thrones creators? You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Another movie that I'm excited it. to see, uh, just because it was one of my favorite books, is Dune. Um, comes out by next Eric's year. favorite director. Uh, <sighs> I know it's. You know, you know, you know. Though it could be saved by maybe my favorite actor of all. Wait, no, is that him? No, it's not him. He's not in this. But um. Chang Chen is in this. He is great in A Brighter Summer Day. Timothy Chalamet is also in Dune. So we'll see. Oscar Isaac as well. Great actor. One of the best. I mean, great cast. Rebecca Ferguson. Um, We'll name off a few more before we wrap up. Um, But I, I know there's another one I remember we saw the trailer for. It was uh, Queen and Slim. It's that um one with um 
It's about the uh, the two that get pulled over by the police officer yeah. and everything like that. It's um, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. It's the guy who's in. Wait, no, it's not the guy in Get Out, right? Yes, yeah, I think it is. It's Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, that's also a, obviously a notable movie. Um, there's a new Trey Edward Trey Edwards Schultz movie coming out this year. Waves. Make some bad. spooky movies. Yeah, some spooky I think movies. it's Trey Edward Schultz. I might. I could be wrong. Um. Oh. Oh, never mind. Um, Synonyms: Nadav Lapid. I've heard. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. The Shining. The Shining horrendous. sequel. Oh yeah, that's crazy. They're they're making a Shining sequel. <laughs> I, I I can't believe I haven't I hadn't heard anything before that trailer. Like I, I can't believe they're doing that. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm just very surprised. But I guess people want that money. No way! It says they're making it Ghostbusters three. You love to see you it. Love also, to see that. half of them are dead. Okay, right? Back. Aren't they? They'll just be ghosts. Jeez. Is it gonna be Ghostbusters? Apparently, Paul Rudd is casted in it. So I'm <laughs> I'm. You'll love to see it. Wow, interesting. There's a lot of films coming out. But um, I would say, obviously, the one that's mainly on our mind right now is El Camino, number one. Of course. Um, we're very excited. That'll probably be our next review. Um, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. That'll be episode two. Um, well, this was fun. I'm, I'm glad this was our first big review of a... Does this count as fair use so we can end with, they can't keep getting away with this? We, we can. <laughs> we can use it. Well... <laughs> We did talk about the Joker, so absolutely. Well, uh, that's it's from Breaking Bad. Oh. Uh, well, we haven't reviewed it. Well, we mentioned it, and we said we're very excited, and we said we went back through it. <laughs> that's true. I, we promise we'll watch it we and promise talk about we'll, it. We'll, we'll put we're it literally the giving one. them an ad for okay, it. Okay, or, or we can call this parody. Yeah. That's true. Very true. Can't keep getting away with this. Okay, parody. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can't own words. Very wise. Zach. Very wise. Well, this was fun. I'm glad we got to do our first movie together. Um, you love to see it. You love yes, to see it. Joker is certified. You love to see it. It's certified. You love to see it. Thank you guys very much uh, for listening, and uh, we will see you next time, most likely for El Camino. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.